Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation, and you take it from there. It was a cold winter's day in a dark, dark place. Welcome to (laughs) our continued series on heaven and hell. It is time we talk about hell and our views, our theology on hell as we see it today. So, what is hell today in your understanding of it? And let's start with uh, Everett on the spot. Everett, what is hell as you understand it today? So, I... Where I think I lie today, although it could change from 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 day to day, uh, in what book I'm reading and <laughs> what person I'm think you know reading, but mm-hmm. um, I, I I don't believe that um, hell is a place that God created for people to be eternally tormented. Um, hell. Uh, <laughs> That was a big statement, <laughs> and I feel like there should have been some kind of gasp or something behind it. Sorry, that was um, unhelpful. Uh, Carl Bart called hell the impossible possibility. Impossible possibility. Sounds like a Groucho Marx and, statement. I kind of, I can kind of get on, get on that. Possible impossibility. Interesting. Okay, unpack that. <clears throat> Well, so so Bart was was sort of a a universalist of sorts, and and I think he he thought that possibly you know somebody could be apart from God, but he didn't really think that. I mean, that's my reading of Bart. I'm not a Bart scholar, but um, I've sort of kind of held on to that that phrase. Interesting. Okay. So, all right, so it's not a physical place created by God. Is that how you would interpret? Is that yeah, a, okay to say, way to say, I mean, say I it? It's talked about, but I, I, I think scripturally, um, I mean, we, I'm going to probably dig into this, but mm-hmm. I think scripturally, um, you know, hell is that place where God is not mm. and would be a good summary. All right, Tom, what is hell? What is your theology for hell today? Well, the words most often translated hell in Scripture, like Sheol, Mm -hmm. are not, especially in the Old Testament, don't have any reference to our idea of hell. hell. They're the place of the dead. For example... In Psalm 51, David says, if I go to the depths of the sea or go down, I don't remember the exact quote, but it's beautiful. Fly on the wings of dawn. It's not Psalm 51. What psalm is that? Settle by the sea, even though even there your hand will guide me. Anyway, God is there. 
in that place. So uh, David says he can't escape God even in the grave. So I. So hell, though, death is separation. We have the freedom to be separated from God or to walk away from God here. And I don't think that freedom ends after we die. We have the freedom to be with God or walk away from God. And so it's, uh, it's a pretty good, uh, there's a good metaphor for it is found in C.S. Lewis's The Great Divorce. And people thought he was just doing kind of a devotional exercise, but he was quoting some old theology about hell, hell being a place that's locked from the inside, not the outside. Mm -hmm. So people could conceivably uh, leave that place and go to God. So, and people have the freedom to be away from God if they want. There's a, a passage of scripture about Jesus preaching to the spirits of those in prison in second Peter. Actually, I think it's first Peter. Anyway, Jesus it talks about Jesus being preaching to the spirits of those in prison. And if you think of death as time as part of this created world and outside of this place, there isn't time, then Jesus is there right now preaching. And so if Jesus is there, how, how can people say no to that for forever? Hmm. So, and Tom, I think I think the the Eastern Orthodox. I mean, I know this is a broad summary, but I think the Eastern Orthodox approach to it is is that for some people, like they will experience God as hell. They will experience love as hell, um, because for the Orthodox, uh, you know, God, it you know. God is in everything. Um, God is love. Um, and so God could not destine somebody to eternal punishment. Uh, David Bentley Hart just recently wrote a book on this. Um, I think it's called All Shall Be Saved or All Will Be Saved. Um, but he he talks about this this idea that you know, there might be people who would experience God's love <clears throat> as a punishment um, rather than as a gift. What's that look like? I mean, is that like, um, because when I think of that, it's like, how could you look at God's love? And maybe we need to unpack that, but as a, you know, I mean, that, that's that kind of... Um, as a hell. So we were, that's like a hell on earth kind of mentality thought. I mean, right. So what's an example of that? Just trying, I'm just trying to understand it where, um, I mean, my mind jumps to very cryptic, uh, not cryptic, but, uh, dark where someone's never experienced a love, like a parental guardian, you know, some kind of perfect love, if you will. Um, not that any of us do perfect love, but something like that, and it is alien to them, and therefore God's love is alien and looks wrong. That, but that's not what you mean, I'm assuming. Justin, that's, 
Yeah. You, you have you have you have two daughters. I have a daughter who's entering into teenage years. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done something out of love and you're ruining my life? <laughs> okay. All right. Good. Good, love, good example. I love you. Right. You I hate you. I never you know. <laughs> I, I, I that's what that's like. Uh, okay. All right. All right. I could be wrong. No, that's a good answer. That's it. Okay. Tom and and I said I said something wrong when I said we have the freedom to be away from God here. That's not exactly true. Everett pointed out pointed that pointed that out. Every good thing in our life comes from God. There's many scriptures that say that. So a beautiful day, the sunshine, green grass, apple pie, you know, chips and salsa. All these things are good. Or of a chips <laughs> guess, and queso guy, but go ahead. Mm, white queso, That's, yeah. <laughs> cholesterol level, I guess. But, <laughs> you know, the love of a fine dog. Whatever, all the good things of life. And everyone on earth gets to enjoy those things. Um, and so all of us experience God's love in a way, even if we can't see it, even if we don't aren't attuned to it, even if we experience that love, as Everett said, as evil because we're twisted somehow or we're broken. Um, But I think that you can be separated from that by your choice after death is the, my understanding of, what and the early Christian idea of hell was. So you can you can be separated from that all that goodness. You don't know what that separation means now because we all experience God's goodness in in ways that we're not aware of. But you can experience it later. I would say I I I um, sound like you wrote a country song there for a minute too, something about yeah. apple pie and <laughs> love of a dog. <laughs> um, but I also think there is a misunderstanding for me, especially in that even and this would I would say you know hold holds hands with what Everett said about you know the parent and the daughter situation to where um, you know all good and all bad that's and, and it's just termed wrong would be from god god's creator of all things um in that we wouldn't know how to accept everything so some things would look bad you know to us when in reality they're not it's just showing us for where we are you know i, I hate i don't like my language i'm using here but wrong you know so it's the uh, so let's just jump into a verse real quick so the winnow, winnowing fork um and so we are being, um, let me find it real quick. It's Matthew 3.12. Uh, but the, 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 oh, man, I'm going to have to scroll through something real quick. Sorry. Let me see if anybody's got Matthew 3.12 handy. Let's see. Um, geez, I should have done this before. All right, here it is. So Matthew 3.12 says, his winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary. 
but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So how <laughs> how do you take that and be like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> What's the unquenchable fire that he's talking about there? How do we how do we reconcile that? Everett. <laughs> well, I mean, so I, you know, I mean, I, I think that particularly in Matthew and Mark, the, the cosmology or the way that they understand how the world worked was that there was going to be this last judgment. Um, and, and, uh, this was going to be a victory for God's people. And I, I think that's how they saw it. And, and I think, you know, I mean, they use the word Guiana a lot, uh, and, and Hades, those are the two words they use, um, in the new Testament. Um, and, and it's interesting, Hades in most modern English translations will remain Hades, but Guiana that will translate to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of times what we'll do is we'll skip over and we'll say, well, you know, Guiana is this trash heap that's outside of right. Jerusalem. And, and, and that's all true. I think that's a, that, I think that was kind of a way of saying, okay, this is what, you know, the after judgment life might be like. Um, right. But I, I, I don't think you can go away from the, the notion of judgment that we find, um, in the New Testament, and we like to kind of smooth those over and go, eh, you know that, you know here here's some his, historical critical, you know thing to try to explain why this doesn't mean what it actually says, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. rather than saying, you know what, God really does care about evil, um, and 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 opposes evil, and God's going to make the world right, and even within ourselves. Even within ourselves. Right, and that's where I think that there is that experience. And I don't want to call it hell because I, I, I think there are far things outside of what I deal with. Um, I'm, I'm trying to step lightly here, but just in my place, you know, with my privilege, where I'm at, that I can't even constitute as hell. Um, mm-hmm. And that's bold to say. It's like, oh, I don't deal with hell, you know, or something like that. But anyway, I hope that comes across in that way but there are things that that hurt (laughs) that we deal with with pride back to those daughters you mentioned and things that where we have to do something or put ourselves in a situation to where there is broken relationship that is extremely painful um you know, and so um, whether it be that we are doing the right thing that God called us to do and having to, you know, fess up, confess, whatever it may be, act in a way that we don't want to because it is going to be painful or something like that. Are those along these lines of that or is that just humanity, right? Being part of being human. I don't know. feel like the categorization of that kind of stuff is is wrong for you in the use in this conversation i so here's what i here's what i will say is i think that in in scripture hell and judgment are very real things they're powers um that have to be defeated and are they happening right now i think that i think it's sort of like the last 
grasp. It's it's sort of like in the in World War II, when uh, the the war was clearly coming to an end, and and the Germans have one last offensive. Mm. And I think that's sort of what I, I think that the that the ultimate power has been defeated on the cross. And mm. so this is like, okay. for me, why the the crucifixion and resurrection as as a united event are so important for Christians to understand as um, not metaphors, but something that really happens. Hmm. Interesting. And um, and it's interesting. Uh, Rachel Held Evans has this great thing in in her book on understanding scripture. Um, the name of the book is escaping me for the moment, but you know she points out that that it's sort of um, you know white progressive upper middle class people who are the ones who hate the idea of judgment and you know things like that because um, you know those those who are the de- those who have been beaten up by society are like, there better be some sort of redemption on the other side. Right. And, and so, so resurrection can't be a metaphor Hmm. um, because they need to know that, that, that their uh, relatives who were lynched and killed in very unjust ways, that that's not going to stand. Good line. (laughs) Wow. Huh. Okay. So that's getting into like a type of, of a liberation theology, I would assume, kind of, um, you know, like you talked about lynching or, or you know, in, in slavery and so on, um, to where there had better be a reckoning, you know, to use that term. Um, very good point, because some things can't left, can't be left undone, otherwise, um, sorry, I feel like I'm just repeating what you said now, but then it, otherwise it's... Uh, I don't want to say pointless, but it has no weight, right? Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Tom, anything to jump in on there? Well, it's winnow- winnowing fork is in his hand. We're burning away the chaff. Mm-hmm. And I think you've already said it, but it's not just... I mean, I have chaff in me. There are parts of me hey. that <laughs> need, to be bur- need to be burned away, you know. And so... There's that idea of the refiner's fire. Uh, we we can experience something as hell, and it is judgment in a sense because we, you know, bad actions have bad consequences. But if we go through these things and through with faith and with an eye towards Christ these things become purifying, refining fires, like the gold, when the gold is fired and they burn away the impurities and you're left with Mm -hmm. um, gold. That's what's happening. So versus, it's a stretch to, to arrive eternal doctrine, doctrine about an eternal place of judgment from a passage like that. Right. But then <laughs> there are other passages. You, you got Matthew twenty five forty one. Um, allow me. 
then he will say to those at his at his left, "You that are accursed, depart from me into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels." There's the key word. Meaning, go ahead. So that who is that fire prepared for? Devil and his angels, right? Okay. Oh, okay. Um, but but it says. But it goes on to say, because, you know, for I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. He's not talking to the devils and angels there. <laughs> right. Right. So um, this is under a category called judgment of the nation. So there's that one. And then there's revelation. Um, while I'm while I buy time here, how many how many people call it revelations? <laughs> when it's revelation. It's one revelation, not revelations, like in a tire. Um, that was my buy time thing because I do it too. And revelations, um, revelation, <laughs> 2015 says, and anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. And that's under a header called the dead are judged. How do we reconcile that one? Revelation theologist. <laughs> Or Everett scholars Everett. <laughs> well, so so what I really, I mean, what I point to um, is in Fleming Rutledge's book, um, the Crucifixion. I mean, she talks about the reality of of evil um, as a power of this world that mm -hmm. has to be defeated. Is that a crucifixion book? Evil is not something that is inherent to us. She, you know, she talks about, for instance, the man who um, has has the demoniac that you know the 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 demon is driven into the pigs uh, in, into the sea, mm -hmm. and 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 so evil is something that is not inherent to us, but apart from us, but can sort of attach itself to us. Um, one of the, one of the ways that I sort of think about this, um, is in the Harry Potter books, mm. Voldemort takes a portion of himself and places it into another object, whether it's the snake, um, or a book, um, what's the word and, for those? Come on. Right. And, and so it's like, it attaches itself to others mm. But it's not inherent to the. I don't, I don't, now I feel like I'm kind of wandering off. But what I'm, I guess, no, what I I'm like that. Is that that evil is something that has to be defeated, and Jesus does that on the cross and the resurrection. Hmm. Um, no, I, I I agree with that because um, you know, they, you know, there's really funny uh, stand up from Dennis Leary, and he said, you know, he was like, kids are not born racists. And he's like, you know, my child, you know what he hates? Naps. <laughs> and so when a child is born, they are not a racist, right? Or they, or they do not are, um, automatically participate in racism. But through learned culture, you know, and, and how, we, how things are taught, not even conscious that it's just the way culture works and flows, that is, in, in a sense, nurtured into them um that's weird but say it's it's taught right um and whether it's conscious or not and i think that's kind of what you mean is like we have this evil inside of us of something that is you know 
comes along throughout life in how we deal with things. Sometimes it's very apparent. Oh, this is, you know, um, you know, yeah, I don't have a good example. Sorry. Um, you know, but let's just say I, I was thinking about objectifying women just came to mind and how um, it's like that was something that, um, you know, you were raised when you were young and um, you were I got nothing. My examples are going terrible here. Um, but it's just something that we that is learned throughout our lives. It's not something someone teach sits down and teaches you to do specifically. And that is where the evil breeds, I think. Um, but again, it's not like a baby's born with it. It is something that is taught. And so as you talked about Voldemort, those pieces are floating around. And they attach them to ourselves, and then they kind of continue to grow and grow and grow unless they are handled. And in, to be handled, it can be very painful. And um, I was watching a, a documentary called uh, White Right, and it's called Meeting with the Enemy. And a, a Muslim woman went around and spoke with a lot of the KKK and um, I just say new Nazi people. Uh, around Charlottesville and things like that. And one of the guys ended up saying, um, God, I'm spoiling this. Sorry. Uh, that he became friends with her. And then he started getting death threats and he was banished from his peep from his, you know, crew and people and so on. And I was thinking about, wow, okay, that's a sense of having to deal with the pain of being chaff and participating that and having it burned away from you. So, um, Anyway, that's that was my thought about kind of what you were saying about having evil and participating in that and having it just grow in us. Um, all right, other thoughts. It's it's hard to hear these. So if you grew up like me, you hear these passages like the one you just read from Revelation, and the thing the the interpretation that you've heard your whole life takes over the way you hear the passage. Does that make sense? Yep. You can't help but hear what you've always been told about it. Right. But Everett brought up Gehenna in Matthew 10, this place where Jesus says, you're just, it's Matthew 10, 28. Don't, don't fear those who can kill the body. Fear the one mm -hmm. who can destroy yeah. body and soul in Gehenna sometimes translated hell, that burning trash heap. But the, we, we want to ignore that word destroy. Destroy is not eternal. Hmm. Um, the destruction is death. Um, death, you don't come back from death unless you're Jesus. Um, and, and there is a resurrection of the dead, but that, but then you get and I don't like to dive too deep into this stuff because some of this is, is not helpful, but the idea of there being a second death, not a second death is eternal. And the second death is also eternal. The punishment is death. So you're dead and you're dead forever. Um, this idea of this, we get most of this idea of eternal, this eternal punishment from Dante's Inferno, as we've said before, or mm -hmm. the rich man and Lazarus, which is a parable. Right. And we want to ignore all of these 
passages in the New Testament that refer to this as a place of destruction or death, where you don't come back from that, whether it's the first one or the, the second one. The first one, apparently, you can come back from. You know, We call that the resurrection, but the second one is eternal. And so there's many ways we could interpret that or look at it, but what we've said here and my current understanding is that that would refer to the people who have no desire to walk towards God in this life or the next. So you're saying that people being resurrected after that could potentially even deny God after the resurrection? Well, there's... No, and as we said, and that's why I said this isn't very helpful, because Revelation is <laughs> highly symbolic. Right, right. You know, and uh, so, but in Revelation, there's two deaths. Mm-hmm. There's the mm-hmm. death in our life, and then there's a second death after judgment. Mm-hmm. So the second death is death. It's destruction. It's not eternal torment, you know, I'm being burned alive for all eternity. It's It's... He's just the writer is describing a destruction. This is a place prepared for the devil and his angels, and this is a place where a human who is there is destroyed, not eternally punished. And that's different than the doctrine of hell that you and I grew up with. Hmm. Wow, I don't know about that. <laughs> You've cracked something open that I'm not familiar with now as we're closing. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not saying that we should derive, and that's the problem that's, you know, we have this whole complicated doctrine about the rapture and the end times Mm -hmm. built out of Mm -hmm. a misreading of Revelation. Um, Thessalonians. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we don't want to, uh, and I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not advocating... I'm just trying to explain to you in the context of the book what those words mean. And that we it means something different than what we've heard it, what we hear it saying. Right. We only hear it that way because we've been told that it, that it means a certain thing 10,000 times. Right, right. I get it. I get it. It's hard to change our minds about things. I mean, that's why we have, that's why we're so divided in this world. Because we're not allowing ourselves to open up to more, um, that there is something else or some other way, right? Um, right. Some under understanding or experience. That's the weird thing is, is uh, I say weird. I struggle with this, oh my gosh, more than anyone. But we just don't allow experience to be something to get to know others. Um, now I'm tangenting, sorry. Everett, um, we're out of time. And I, I don't I don't feel like we put a very clean bow on this, not that we ever do, but any final thoughts before we decide <laughs> we're wrapping this up? Well, the, the last thing, I mean, I guess what I would want to say is, is that, you know, we we have grown up in this world in which we have a specific vision and idea of what hell is. Right. And it's a little bit like a fish swimming in water. Um. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. it's just it's 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 the it's the world in which you're living in. Yeah. And then, you know, it, it, it's hard to, to, to reorient your life. And I, I don't think that people 
to have bad theologies of hell are necessarily doing it for nefarious reasons. I mean, I think no, that's good. Yeah. Some of the ways in which they apply it pastorally are horrific. Mm. Um, but mm. <laughs> I, you know, it, that's just what that's what they've been taught their entire life. And you know, I'm 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 appreciative of my tradition, which you know has free you know doesn't do that. Um, that it, it, that's thank you for that. That's good, Everett. Um, I you know I I'm in the same boat to where and Tom's hit, alluding to this is I've heard it so many times. I've I mean it's been a, a fear. There is some you know some mental things within me that I'm just like uh, you know um, just scared of hell in that way. And it's like I can't just stop. I can't just stop, you know, turn it off. Uh, it has taken years to kind of re, um, I hate to say imagine it, but just come out of that, whatever that looks like. Um, and so, but there, but it takes a long time because every time I hear something about hell, I want to know about it because I'm like, okay, tell me more, you know, because that fear drives that education and that I want to know, I want to know, I want to understand. Um, when in reality, it, it can be transformed. It can be something, but where I'm going with this is my buddy, Tim way. He was like, you know, I just don't think about after life that often. And what a beautiful sentiment as a Christian is like, let's stop concerning ourselves with that and concern ourselves with this. Not to only, not only, um, cause I don't want to throw, you know, whatever the baby out with the bathwater, but there is just so much more life here now that we can, um, and you guys can pick that apart, but that's my thought of it because what we do, what I find is it was overtaking me, the thoughts of hell, heaven, and the afterlife. And there was just, that was it. That was the blinders and nothing else was taking place. I was, I as a Christian in this world was, was useless. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, Tom, final thoughts? None. None. Boom. Thank you for listening. Uh, we may tease this back open for one more episode. We will see. I hope you've enjoyed this. And um, if nothing else it has given you something to think and reflect on and to show that these are not cut and dry situations and, and um, ideas. Um, so it is something that if you are struggling and don't have heaven and hell wrapped in a bow, that's okay. <laughs> As always, we appreciate you listening. And may the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at, at FunDrainPod. We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, go on to iTunes and give us a review, please. Thanks a lot.